There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. the muscle so now whenever I cough it hurts. Oh. Get, into a car. Get into an Uber. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well fucking pathetic. Yeah, that, I mean I, I definitely pathetic. He's a lot of my first few great hairs yesterday. <laughs> when I yesterday like got a haircut yesterday and then when I went to like wash my hair today like a bunch fell out. Did it really? Like a lot. Cool. A whole bunch fell out. Like a whole lot. We're You're changing there. finally into Grant Morrison. <laughs> I'm so welcome today. First of all, I want to say, Marcus, I'm glad you're back from yeah. convalescence. Thank you very much. Absolutely Thank you from for his vacation. Yeah. <laughs> it was honestly, I'm so refreshed. Like I came back, like I'm so like, I feel bright eyed and bushy tailed. I'm ready to conquer the fucking world, man. That's great. I kind of felt like that after COVID. It was like, I had so much water and rest. My skin looked incredible. Isn't that? Nice. <laughs> um, but second of all, uh, this is where I attack you because you use the P word. Okay, very the often P word. Now, what would that be? The P word. Uh, it is. I'm not even going to say it. You're I'm not, not going to say it. Pirate is a slur. You did just say it. But uh, anyway, but, so pirate is it, a slur. I said it in the context of contextualizing a slur. So now you're an educator. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, oh, because today, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, everybody was like, oh, uh, Ben and Henry, they, they don't get anything right. They don't get any facts. Sure. You're going to get so many fucking facts today. Uh huh. Yeah. You're going to throw up. You're going to leave your family. Uh, but pirate. Pirate, pirate is a slur. Okay. The term okay. is sea rover. All right. First of all, if we're going to correctly refer about, to them. What about or seamen? Seamen. That, that happened with gay, the gay navy. <laughs> but no, man, you got fucking. I believe that semen is the, actually the correct term here. Semen is that would be how they refer to themselves. That would be how other people got they a whole also, bunch of semen on uh, that deck. There's a what man are you going to do with them? There's literally a man named Benever who is a modern oh, man that wrote that a nice? book called The Sea Rover's Practice that talks about mostly they also refer to each other as soldier or bucanier oh. or the filibustier. We're going to get into this. Well, I always like to refer to them. I'm going to chase you away from me today. I refer to them as the human pretzels because in order to be a true seaman, you've got to suck your own dick. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben hanging out with Henry and hanging out with Marcus Parks. It's great to have everyone back together again. Yeah, good to be back. It's like right. a bunch of Legos covered yeah. in hair. <laughs> While the pirate talk. Slur again. We're going to be canceled by the sea roving community. Today, we are discussing Blackbeard. I can't wait to get into this tale of weirdness and madness and overall facial hair. Honestly, it's a lot about trade routes. Oh, okay. The beginning is a lot about trade Oh, that's good. That's important. Now, amongst the pirates from the days of yore, no name holds quite as much weight as that of Blackbeard, who, over the centuries, has come to represent the pirate archetype more than any other vagabond of the high seas. And they didn't say R. Also racist. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true now? But they did have a lot of wooden legs. An interesting thing about the eye patch, you actually put it over the healthy eye. Strengthens up the weak one. What? That's true. <laughs> oh, wow. That I actually didn't know. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh. You never went to school with a kid who had to wear an eye patch for a year to yeah. fix their lazy eye? We called them the unfortunates. Oh. <laughs> well, partly, this is because Blackbeard was one of the most successful and well-known pirates during what historians call the golden age of piracy. <laughs> <laughs> 
every single pirate like f- focused material I watched uh-huh. this week is all. Work the brig. And of course, I would be remiss if I don't mention the greatest era of piracy truly came from. Napster. Thank you so much for filling in the blanks on that one. And it has ruined Lars to this day. He's still mad. Lars Ulrich. He'll never get over it. No. With this period, the golden age of piracy lasted from 1697 until 1726, when the last mass hanging of pirates put an end to what could be called the most romantic period of swashbuckling. I actually think it's very offensive that they hung the pirates. I think you drown a pirate. Mm. Because that's what that's that's the nature that sends them back to their earth. No, the problem is, is that then their their ghost belongs to the sea. That's where they, they want to be. Then they constantly haunt cruise ships in the future. <laughs> I remember the National Enquirer, or was it the Weekly World News? Ghost ships were on the cover every week for a year. Ghost yeah. ships have really. The, we will eventually do. We will cover some ghost ships yes. in the future because I do love. I do love the concept of ghost ships. Please. But mostly, it's just about. It was the great resignation, but for ships. Mm. Back in the 1700s. I got him. Well, as far as where piracy was most prevalent during this so-called golden age, the vast majority of the activity was concentrated in the colonial Americas, while the pirates themselves operated out of strongholds in the Caribbean. Are we going to go Caribbean or Caribbean here? I don't fucking know. Why don't we go both? (laughs) Well, yeah. Let's just go. You know, whatever suits the sentence, whatever goes with the flow, man. Let's just fuck. Let's not put any rolls on here. I feel like we go Caribbean if we're talking about like them having a great time and we go Caribbean if we talk about them being very serious and thinking about murdering people. I love that idea. So history. It's Caribbean. It's hurricane drink. Yeah. <laughs> However, piracy in the Americas had been happening for centuries prior to this so-called golden age. See, while one might think that piracy would be a worldwide problem, it, like many violent activities, thrived best in unstable environments. And the Americas were anything but stable after the Spanish began their explorations of the New World, around the 16th century. It was all for the love of money. Every single thing about this is about trying to create what they viewed as almost in a way of, of like, Rogue trading is how sure. some of these countries mm. viewed their own weaponization it. of piracy, which we'll get to the idea of creating privateers, doing a kind of shit. So there was a whole thing that was set for pirates to come out of it. Yes. But at the time period before all of that, it was all like, no, this is just business. And of course, yeah. the pirateer is one of the best damn things that ever came out of Disney. Gave us Justin Timberlake. Gave us Britney Spears. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> that is... Um, really the Pirateers are some of he's the best of all. No, mouse 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 he's Musketeers. It's, yeah. but it's, it is, but it's strange. It's a, strange, it's a, strange, it's a strange, strange, br- it's a strange bridge for your uh, brain to cross. Who likes gold more, a leprechaun or a pirate? We just came from a <laughs> weed conference. That's Marcus, I didn't even smoke at this conference, but smelling weed, I, it does do something to you. Yeah, <laughs> and I heard the word terpene more than I've ever heard it before in my life, and I'm about to go take a terpene off a fucking bridge. <laughs> it's, it's flavored. It's flavor notes. I know. Well, as far as the first targets for pirates went, the Spanish were mostly concerned with God and gold when they invaded and slaughtered the indigenous populations of South America, and all that Aztec, Incan, and Mayan gold had to be transported back to Spain somehow. Hmm. Explorers like Hernan Cortez, who brutally subjugated the Aztecs, he melted down much of the Aztec treasure he stole into gold bars then and there. 
for easy transport back to Spain. I also saw a lot of people uh, transporting gold dust. Uh, yeah. and not just gold the, dust is a big thing. Not just the homoerotic wrestler. Absolutely. <laughs> Homophobia <laughs> was his finisher. It was. <laughs> but he, the, the gold dust seemed to be the uh, preferred way to transport gold because I guess it can be hidden into anything. You could stick yeah. it in any sort of like sure. pot or bag and then put it in it. your hair, put it in your butt, put it anywhere you want as long as we get it back to Spain. I think the bouquiniers mm -hmm. would actually be very upset. If you did put it in your hair, gold? you would lose a lot of the gold. No. And I would be pissed. Oh, yeah. Well, all this gold being transported made Spanish transports easy pickings for the first pirates in America, who concentrating on stealing what had just been stolen. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, though, we know very little about these early pirates as actual people, because they weren't exactly meticulous chroniclers of their own histories. No, man, they were free men. Flying under their own flag. That's it's correct. our own flag. That's correct. Absolutely. Salute your shorts. Get your undies up there. Have some fun with it. I think that they were storytellers. And unfortunately, when they chose to hang all of them, the stories went with them. Ooh. What else do you do on a boat surrounded by seamen and also some friends? You have to tell tales. <laughs> Literally, dead men tell no tales. Indeed. But I mean, they were storytellers. We'll get to yes. in Blackbeard. Of all of the pirates, which is why he made it through and he cut through the waves of time. He mm -hmm. crossed these oceans of time and he arrived here because he understood marketing. Also, Blackbeard, mm -hmm. great name for a SoundCloud rapper. He would have made it in any era. A lot of SoundCloud rappers can't even fucking grow a beard. We'll, we'll let's talk about that's it. True. Let me get it. All right, I'm taking my shirt off. Old man corner. <laughs> but when it came to pirates like Blackbeard, who appeared two centuries after the Spanish explorations... While they weren't the most ardent of archivists, their sheer presence and consequence gave us the images and the concepts of pirates as we've known them since the 18th century. Sexy. But before we get into Blackbeard himself and just how god-awful and violent the life of an 18th century pirate could be, let's acknowledge our main source for this series. Today, we've got Blackbeard by Angus Constum, which is a highly compelling account of the life and times of Blackbeard the Pirate. And I also really can't understate how much I've loved this book, The Sea Rover's Practice, because there really is a lot of details, and he writes it in old-timey Ways that's how you know he's a nerd. Angus does, yeah. Huh? No, not Angus. This guy Benever, the guy that oh, runs the Sea Rover's okay. practice, where it's just like so he loves old timey shit, but he is modern as hell. There is, we'll get into it, but there's nothing we now have seen through the various time periods we've mm. wandered through in last podcast on the left. The pirate reenactor is a special type of nerd because you know why <laughs> they fuck and they also have to be a little tough it's the greatest catch it's tough to be on, on the sea there is a black beard reenactor that is on every one of these nat geo shows Good. and on yeah. the history channel shows and he is just swimming in pussy you know for a fact <laughs> that that right? it's the beautiful hair he's dashing yes. he's he quite is. dashing i'll say and of course if he's a reenactor he doesn't have the actual odor of a pirate so ladies might uh, enjoy that you might be incorrect on that okay uh, I've been around some reenactors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Method. Method people. Yeah. <laughs> also, Angus, check out that film. I believe it was from 93. Wow, great. <laughs> it's kind of a funny movie. It's about a big, about a big kid named Angus. I related to that. <laughs> fucking great. The Blackbeard's real. <laughs> Damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Green oh, yeah. Day was on the soundtrack, right? Yeah, I it was. Remember yeah, I remember the sound. I remember oh, the soundtrack. Remember the and yeah, there was the. Yeah, I remember that movie. I, I remember the soundtrack. I remember there's the, the big kid and the little redheaded kid. And you had the yeah. buck, buck teeth and everything. Yeah. They got bullied all the time. I remember yeah. it. Big dude, uh, he committed suicide. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Blackbeard's real name is accepted to be Edward Teach. Teach! No. Teach. Yeah, Edward Teach. He was born in the British port of Bristol, which back in Blackbeard's day was the premier site of the English side of the African slave trade. This made sense because the British had been using Bristol as a hub for selling Irish and English slaves since the 12th century. And it's still very much celebrated there. Hmm. <laughs> I, uh, they very much bank on slave I don't, They don't celebrate it. They just they didn't. They didn't forget about it, and they have. A th- well, it it's is very still a marketplace. It, yeah, it's yeah, quite acknowledged. It is kind of weird. They, 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 it's a beautiful they town, need... though. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful town. town. Beautiful love Bristol. Empanadas there now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, there was a New Mexican restaurant when we were there, and they were like, "Can you believe?" Is you have got tacos there, and it's like you shouldn't be allowed to serve a taco. Um, but Blackbeard's history, this is a, again because it's the world of the criminal. They, we don't have an exact, we don't have exact data on Blackbeard's origins. This has been triangulated to like yeah. kind of think they believe that he was born in Bristol. That it seems to be the common belief amongst many historians that it makes a bunch of sense. They, they, mm-hmm. There was a whole history, as you'll see, of privateers coming directly from Bristol. And a lot of these people have to be trained as a kid to mm-hmm. do this shit. But while Blackbeard's port of origin, so to speak... Is no. indeed. A- no, you're not allowed to ever smile <laughs> yeah, like that again. A- he was really happy with that. Yes. I guess it's a pun. I don't know. It's a sea roving joke. I see. <laughs> well, that is indeed important. Perhaps Blackbeard's defining characteristic was his appearance. He had a long, unkempt, braided black beard that hung down over his chest, rat-tailed and tied with twists of ribbon. And while this sounds like it might make him look sort of goofy, it was apparently quite unsettling to see this vagabond with a beard full of twisted ribbons, something so out of the ordinary as to be nightmarish. Well, you know, and this is another, whether it's legend or it's not, he was also apparently very physically large. He was six foot four or five Whoa. for the time period that was very uncommon. How do you so, even fit under in the, in, in the boats? It's wait, short ceilings. You gotta be captain. I guess so. And so he stood above and he was a cut above the rest of his crew and they would he would cut a very scary figure. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Captain's log. We've all had one of those before. <laughs> hey man, sometimes honestly I'm happy when I have a captain's log. I hate having a private's log. <laughs> because then it's all kind of squiggly and you yeah. know you gotta there's something there's a there is a captain's log blocking yeah, the rest on of the log. Happens on a train. <laughs> Well, Blackbeard, dressed in a long sea captain's coat, Ooh. crossed by a sword belt and a bandolier, cool. along with three pistols that he hung from improvised holsters on his chest, giving him the appearance of a walking armory. How, okay, just I just gotta ask really quick because right now this guy sounds super cool, but like, how much? How many? Like, how bad is he? Before I'm like, I love this guy. He's, uh, a, he's a pirate. He will be. He will take on the name pirate gladly, and so we'll, you know. So I'm gonna well, say I love I mean, this guy. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I. It's complicated. Enough it's complicated, man. Enough okay. time yeah. has passed. <laughs> okay. Enough, enough time has passed. It's cool. Because right it's now it's complicated. Really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, to make himself even more menacing during raids, Blackbeard would stuff two lengths of fuse under his hat band and light them on 
fire Whoa. to make it appear as if his head itself was smoldering, Sweet. all while manic eyes stared from behind with an intensity that suggested one was being faced down by the devil himself. We're coming aboard and your pesky French gold can't save you, no. Oh, dude, that's so cool. It's like when Frodo got the ring, dude. It's like the fucking smoke monster and stuff. It's cool. But of course, it was all an act. Hmm. When it came to piracy, the name of the game was intimidation because a pirate's most powerful weapon was not in violence, but in the threat of violence. And Blackbeard operated mostly on reputation and rumor. I actually was really surprised about how much piracy was really based upon strategy versus just showing up and killing everybody. I yeah. really did always kind of assume you'd get bum rushed by a pirate ship. It would blow the fuck out of you and they would just get on top of you. But right. then apparently it was this fucking it, there was a tete a tete. It was a game of flags and what? they put up very you'll we'll get into it. But yes, flags were used a lot. There's a lot of flags. <laughs> Warfare. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is this? A Cuban Missile Crisis? <laughs> See, piracy itself was more semi organized crime than a constant orgy of violence, something more akin to water bound street gangs than an Einsatzgruppen on the sea. That would be sweet, though. I mean, in <laughs> that bad. Would, that, bad, but cool bad. for us. It would be cool for if it was a yeah. movie, podcast on no it. No one was actually yeah, hurt. Be, maybe. Yeah, do, yeah, good to do, do, do. Yeah. Well, some pirates, however. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I understand you know, where you're you know coming I mean. from. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, some pirates, however, that we will discuss later on, certainly did revel in their fair share of gore and cruelty. Mostly, though, a pirate captain like Blackbeard did his level best to ensure that his own crew didn't take casualties because casualties lowered the morale. And the more mm. you could intimidate, the less likely one of your guys was going to get shredded to sticky, bloody chunks by a load of grape shot from the other boat. What made Blackbeard in particular so successful is that he understood every aspect of piracy perfectly, from appearance to swagger to rule, and he knew how to keep his men happy. Blowjob machines. Blowjob machines. <laughs> also, I, I'm a little bit of a pirate myself. I'm wearing Old Spice swagger. Yeah. I yeah. yeah you well, got some barnacles hanging off of you. <laughs> uh, but you know, too, is that he, the, he, the main, again, what, the reason why, like, it's fun here in this aspect, and maybe one day I'll convince you to do some mafia stories, because I am still very compelled. Well, we did Iceman. But yes, but the main impetus and the main motive for all of these men was fucking money and they yeah. are trying to get that money which is actually i think very different than a lot of other people that were using them as little chess pieces everybody else wanted control domination subjugation over these various like indigenous people they wanted to fucking go in and rip every single piece of valuable thing out of the very mother earth but the pirates were really just there just trying to fucking get theirs and get on out oh and absolutely yeah. and no, no way anything could go bad if you're motivation is money oh no it's terrible but they do bad <laughs> things i'm just saying it was just like that's the reason why blackbeard was very smart specifically very smart because his whole thing is like i'm not trying to get everybody killed i'm trying to get us all retired like this there's one pirate that really is an example that like fucking made a fuck ton of money and then just fucked off and retired to an island and of course yeah. that's tom brady Tampa Bay. <laughs> no, he's got unfinished Buccaneers. business. Well, it's almost certain that Blackbeard never killed anyone until his final bloody battle, which is Whoa. fucking awesome. And I can't wait to get to Blackbeard's last stand. Nice. But from what we've seen again and again in all of the episodes that we've done that more focused on criminality than killing, 
it's usually the bodies that bring the authorities to your door the fastest. Mm. And Blackbeard understood less bodies, less problems. I think that he, my personal opinion is that he moved towards killing less and he probably killed a lot more as a young man I mm. think when he was coming through because you have to you have to prove to yourself that's the one thing about a pirate ship is that you same thing it is a democracy we'll get into it but you you have to show them that you're willing to do mm. capital punishment if you are going to stay in charge Oh, yeah. No, because that's we'll get into that later. But like the most dangerous person to a pirate was other pirates. Mm -hmm. Like that, That's where the real violence came in. Yeah. Well, I want to do you, you think with walking the plank, anyone ever did a fun dive? That's a myth, too. No one walked the plank. What? Caught you in another fucking. No, that's no, it's not a lie. What are you talking yeah. about? No one walked no, the plank. They just, uh, they just threw him over the side. Why would they have a plank when you can because just toss someone toss over the side? the side? I don't fucking know. Maybe because it's fucking cool. And Captain Hook. <laughs> No, they did other torture methods. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, but he did understand no body, no crime, much like Carol Baskin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as far as the origins <laughs> of the golden age of piracy go, and as far as other pirates besides Blackbeard went, those indeed are stories steeped in violence, death, and warfare. And many a seaman did indeed meet a bloody end at the tip of a pirate's cutlass. A lot of seamen <laughs> on tips. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, while there have been pirates of a kind in the Americas since the 1500s, the pirates that ruled the golden age of piracy largely began as legally sanctioned mercenaries of a sort called privateers, who caused all sorts of chaos on the high seas during the European conflicts of the late 17th century. So it was a job. Privateer yeah. is too cute of a name for what they do. Mm -hmm. See, during, <laughs> See, during wartime, ship owners or captains could go to their governments and obtain a letter of mulk that said they could legally <laughs> attack, plunder, and kill the crews of enemies of the state on the high seas without oversight or limit. Whoa, what are you doing, man? You're killing my entire crew. As you'll see right here, I have this piece of paper. Uh, it's a <laughs> But in Civ, what you do a lot of times, it's the reason why you build a navy. It's really important if you're going to do a domination game. You have to use the navy <laughs> to slowly weaken coastal cities that you can get at and also seep their various ships for supplies for yourself. So and you're so comparing you doing... With your little finger to, <laughs> to what the Buccaneers did. It's like a true monarch. Ah, like a true ruler. I don't, I sit afar and I make decisions. I oversee. But there's a lot of lessons from Civ that can really be applied here. <laughs> it's like Walter talking about Vietnam. What does this have to do with Civ, Henry? Well, these privateers, however, were not military men attacking other military men. Like hmm. the hated Hessian mercenaries who fought for the British during the American Revolutionary War. Instead, many but not all privateers were merchants attacking other merchants, meaning that it wasn't much different from two shopkeepers who paid protection to two different street gangs battling it out all on their own. They are imagine if two shopkeepers belonged to different mafias. Yeah. And the mafias fought. Over their shit because Do that you was have any, well. You remember the big sandwich wars of 1992 that took place in Brooklyn. You know, I mean, you can. It's not true. Oh, I don't know, um, but you can <laughs> imagine. So <laughs> but you can imagine. Truly, this happens all the time. These merchants—they're yeah. very uh, aggressive. Yeah, uh, that, money. indeed. That, that sandwich shop that the mafia run over on uh, Graham. Graham Avenue, like they had the best Godfather sandwich in the entire fucking yep. universe. 
There's something yep. to it. Always, Rolodex killer. Always yeah. gave you food poisoning, but we still went. Always. from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. So go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And yes. three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape. Put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. One of the most infamous of privateers was a Scotsman named Captain Kidd, whose, uh, <laughs> whose own government turned on him in 1701, <gasps> despite the fact that Kidd had successfully raided a number of French vessels under a British letter of mock. It's really kind of, a, it's a pain in the ass because they do the thing, kind of what we did with some of our private war industries during the Afghanistan war. Sure, and today. You basically pay a bunch of people to go do a bunch of dirty work for you and say it's legal and then you expect them all to stop like, you're like, all right, well, now it's not legal anymore and now all you've been pirates for 10 years like legal pirates but now Mm. Yeah, it's I hard, mean, hard to go back. Hard to put that genie back in the bottle. Being a mercenary sounds like it could be really fun until it's not. Well, through a series of sea-related misunderstandings, mm. Kid was... It's very complicated how Kid okay. got to be declared a pirate by the English government. A lot oh, of sea-related... Yeah, a lot of sea-related misunderstandings. It's like a slur. You can't call a pirate a pirate during this time period because you get shot in the head. It's oh. like calling a guy that works for the mafia, like, say, like, you're a mob guy, right? Like, if you just said that at Carmine... <laughs> you can't like, say that. They get really upset, right? Yeah. They hurt you. Where it's yeah. the same thing, where you're supposed to call them, you know, again, a warrior or soldier. Maybe it's the equivalent of being called a goomba. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. 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 Well, after being arrested in Boston, Captain Kidd was sent to England and falsely charged with murder and was thereafter sentenced to death by hanging. On the first attempt, the hangman's rope broke and Kidd survived, causing some in the crowd to call for Kidd's release because the breaking of a hangman's rope was sometimes seen as a sign from God that the condemned should live. Yeah. Makes all the sense in the world. And also, didn't they do a thing where if you lived during the hanging, you were free to go? Because sometimes. Because not everybody sometimes. died? Yeah, I mean, that's why they did eventually uh, change it to yeah. hang by the neck until you are dead. But in this case... God made no exceptions for oh, pirates. Gosh, darn it. Come on. <laughs> Ten minutes later, Captain Kidd was hanged again, this time successfully, and his corpse was daubed with tar to preserve it for the display to come. For the next three years, Captain Kidd's body was hung in a gibbet cage for public display over the River Thames as a warning to other pirates as to what their eventual fate might be if they continued their treachery on the high seas. And they all looked at it and they said, We're going back to being pirates! This is fantastic. <laughs> and that's the origin story of the Michelin Man. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, great. <laughs> But if a privateer stayed in the good graces of his government, 
then life consisted of capturing enemy ships, bringing them to port, and turning them over to the government for a quarter of the total value of the ship and cargo. Oh it's yeah, a man, pretty they, good deal. You basically yeah. get twenty to twenty-five percent. It's basically an entertainment manager. Yeah, um, you go and you <laughs> drop off their their chunk of loot, and they don't care. As a matter of fact, they knighted one of those dudes. It was Henry Morgan, I believe, was knighted for his privateer service wow. during that period, and they made him the governor of Jamaica after he went and stole all of his buddies' loot. He brought it all back to fucking um, to England. He brought it all back to Europe, and then huh. he didn't give anybody their cut. And he was oh, just like, no. okay. Oh, that I can't drink Captain Morgan ever again. No, I think Captain Morgan's something else. I don't know if it's Henry Morgan. I think it's another Morgan. Yeah, Captain wow. Morgan's too spicy. Anyway. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Not too spiced many. rum. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like spiced rum. No, I don't need it. <laughs> Privateering reached its peak in the early 18th century during the War of Spanish Succession. Everyone, please put on your high school history hats. You fuckers wanted fucking history? You wanted to learn something? Hold on, hold on, man. I'm making spitballs over here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. And of course, the War of Spanish Succession was when England and Holland tried preventing France from taking control of the Spanish Empire after the Spanish monarch died without an heir. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jared. Why don't you stand up in class and crop dust everybody, bro? <laughs> so you're going to go to the bathroom and crop dust the entire oh, class. Holy shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> even better, brother. Mr. Fox is going to be so good, <laughs> man. I love history class. <laughs> but when that war ended in 1713... You suddenly had thousands of men who had spent over a decade mm -hmm. violently attacking other sea vessels for plunder and capture. Mm. So the seas were filled with men whose only skills were sailing and fighting. In other words, pirates. Oh my goodness. I watched a really good History Channel documentary called True Caribbean Pirates that was like, it's good, it was good. But they, uh, they talk about how because the goal was that the Spain was given all of our side of the world by the Pope, right? Like, Wait, I see what? basically they went on a map. The Pope, and people are just writing this shit down, and people are following it. That is what happened. They just gave them what they called the Spanish Main, which is like you know Mexico, all of the islands, all the different Caribbean islands, and then you got like the side the, around the coast of South America, and they were just given that. And so eventually, England and Holland. And France were like, we want some of this fucking action, too. Mm. So what they would do is they would send dudes over because, again, they were stretched so thin. Siv, if you don't move <laughs> right. your shit around, if you don't move your units around enough, you will leave whole other ends of your ass fucking open for anybody to come stick a finger up there, right? Sure. So the thing was, all of these islands were poorly guarded because you can't bring a whole fucking Spanish armada to come watch the entire Spanish main. Yeah. So these yeah. guys would And you're come. also involved in all the wars back in Europe. In oh, addition yeah. to all of these conflicts that are happening, like all of these expansion conflicts, you've also just got the co near constant warfare in Europe that happens for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. So you're stretched super thin. So they're sending privateers over to slowly leech on the business going here and slowly dotting little holds throughout the Caribbean. Mm. And, and one of those was like, but that's where the Buccaneers come from. The, uh, the actual uh, entomology of the word Buccaneers comes from the Bucan which is the, uh, no, you're all learning this, um, which is the sticks they use to dry pork meat on. Oh. So technically, Buchan, Buccaneer, Buccaneer, now Buccaneer, meant jerky maker. 
Oh, no yep. kidding. Yeah, you fucking pe- Yeah, I'll fucking I'll kill well, all of you. I'll kill myself you? at the same time. I'll strap a bunch of C4 to my head, my fucking head, and I'll kill everyone with information. Get you in trouble if you do that in school. But that's where they started. They left them behind, and then they all thought, like, okay, you guys are all going to come back now that you guys have been doing your buccaneering all this time period, and then they didn't. They did no. not. Okay. Now, as far as the life of an 18th century sailor went, it was an absolutely Awful way to live. Quite possibly one of the worst jobs to have in a time when life was already a brutal struggle for anyone who wasn't nobility. Sailors mostly ate heavily salted meats, slept in crowded, leaky cabins, and only wore damp, rotting, smelly clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Officers and ship owners shortchanged and cheated sailors at every turn, and when sailors went ashore, they were constantly duped by sex workers and tavern owners who knew that sailors weren't the brightest bulbs when it came to land living. You mean tell me this ain't a fish? (laughs) Why, Why are they doing the sailors like this? I mean, I know Fleet Week in New York City, they get treated very well. They'll have sex with your wife right in front of you. Those fleet boys <laughs> know what they're doing. Yes, they do. And additionally, most sailors were looked down upon as filthy sea rats by most respectable folk. <laughs> You're hurting my feelings. Get out of here, you little sea rat. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a full-blooded man. Oh. Just looking for a hug. Come here. Come here, little sea rat. Oh, you're not a woman. I can be. <laughs> But from what it seems, the most dangerous person in a sailor's life by far was their own captain. Captains could literally get away with murder if he felt that brutality was necessary to keep control over his men. And sometimes that captain might just be a sadistic prick looking for a way to pass the time during passage. And this mm. is on legal boats. This is not. Yeah. Ju- this is not a pirate boat. This is no, like this you're is on just, a, a ju- just. You are a sailor for the fucking various navies. One of these armadas. Yeah. Okay. You, you just got a sailor with a. Mer- you just got a job as a sailor on a merchant ship that takes molasses from Jeff from Kingston to Bristol. And that's sugar, and this is your life. Treasure. First you get the sugar, then you get the money, then you get the women. I think that's Simpsons, right? Yeah, the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you get the, the women, then the money. Yeah. 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 Hey, first you get the sugar, my beautiful, beautiful sugar. Yeah. <laughs> In one example, a captain named Haskins went below decks one night looking for a crew member who was late going on watch. He found the man sleeping. So Captain Haskins punched him in the face and bludgeoned his head with a foot-long metal cone called a marlin spike to wake him up. Might hurt his observational abilities. Maybe. I would just tickle his feet a little bit. Yeah, I'd just be like, it's time for you to get up. Gotta get up. Yeah. Yeah. The crewman was then sent in the freezing rain to work the top mast and began convulsing due to blood loss. When other sailors went to help him, Captain Haskins said he'd shoot the first man who gave assistance. And the sailor died up there for the great offense of showing up late to work. And this is the thing, too. Mm. He's also not doing his job because he's dead. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no reason to beat the man half to death and then put him at his job because then he can't do his job. Well, I think the, the next man up. Oh, yeah, there's an immediately you know, there's another, another sailor that's going to go yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I imagine you'd be scared about being late. You want to yeah. be on time, yeah. yeah. There should be a 15-minute grace. 
Well, maybe, maybe he, maybe he, maybe there was some grace, and he even overslept that. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And yeah, maybe we don't know. This the first yeah, time. Yeah, it might be the first time. If it's the third or fourth time, then you know, well, maybe we'll mm, talk. Well, you know, mm, we'll talk about mm. it. Yeah, you bludgeoned damn near to death. <laughs> wake you up. <laughs> the sailors would routinely be whipped to death for the smallest of errors, or tortured at the whims of the captain. And as it ever was, authorities routinely sided with the captain and the ship owners over the crew, because a merchant captain was said to have the same power over his sailors as a parent had over a child. I'm your father now. See you coming here? <laughs> oh, you're going, to see, you're going out there dressed like that with those running smelly clothes on? Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's how you should be. Thanks, Dad. Now I'm going to put you across my knee. Oh, oh no. you know what? You're too gross to spank. <laughs> okay. And so it wasn't all that surprising that mutiny was not the most uncommon of occurrences. And when it came to pirates, if they weren't former privateers, they were mutineers who'd risen up and murdered an unfit or cruel captain. They, I saw one historian, it might have been Beverin, it might have been the other dude dressed up as Blackbeard, but they did say that one of the only true examples of actual democracy that existed yeah. on the face of the planet during this time period was on various ships, especially pirate ships. Dude, I mm -hmm. love the mutineers. They got webbed feet, they can swim underwater. No, that's your, now you're talking about another weird mouseketeer derivative. You just like <laughs> the word mears. Battle member uh battle toads. Are we po podcastineers? <laughs> Podcast imagineers, podcastineers. Ooh, I don't know. Either way, Ooh. I want to be a battle toad. <laughs> God willing, one day you will be. Yeah, I really yeah. hope so. I really hope you can transition to Battletoad. I can't wait. My pronouns are ribbit, ribbit. Come on, everybody. Come on. It's just a Battletoad. Old man corner. He strikes again, folks. Well, in an example of a typical 18th century mutiny, a crew disloyal to the captain snuck into quarters when everyone else was asleep and cut the throats of those who they felt would stand with the captain when push came to shove. Yep. But the nice. captain in this particular mutiny didn't take the revolution laying down. I'm doing it sitting now. <laughs> <laughs> when the mutineers tried throwing the captain overboard, instead not making him walk the fucking plank, just throwing him overboard, the captain slipped out of their grasp and slashed the throat of one of his assailants with a knife. I dare you to pull me into the salty breach. I dare you. Blurry, we said. Three, two, one, and it was on go. We were going to throw him. <laughs> 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 seven grease. <laughs> oh, buttery, buttery captain. But even so, the mutineers were too many. And one of the leaders, a man named Gao, simply shot the captain <laughs> with a flintlock pistol. It's like Indiana Jones. It's literally him just going like, ah, good job. And it's like, just shoots him in the head. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> maybe voting's done. Maybe yeah. Gower had diarrhea as well, like Harrison Ford did in that scene, which is why they had to improv the gunshot. Oh, we're all learning. Isn't that That something? is true. That is yeah, true. He had is. diarrhea that day. Once it was supposed to be a big fight. It, be a big fight. <laughs> it was not a big fight, was it? No. Well, once it was all over, all hands were called on deck and Gao was voted captain. And reportedly, he told his men, quote, If hereafter I see any of you whispering together, ye shall be served in the same manner as those that are gone before. Oh, sounds like you're kind of being like the captain that we just killed. I know. 
It does sound like, but I well, let's just say we have to have stability. We're really in power. power. We're in a, pl- a place here. We don't know really to change. We don't need to change drastically how the captain behaves. Oh, sure. Okay. Now, after a mutiny was over and done with, the mutineers could do one of two things. The more law-abiding option would be to sail back to the port, abandon ship, and try to insert themselves back into maritime society in a gainful employment position. Yeah, right. This was the riskier option, because it tended to look suspicious when a bunch of dudes suddenly showed up in a port all at once, shrugging their shoulders as to how they ended up in Jamaica without a ship or a captain. Oh yeah, seriously, covered in pirate gear like they are obvi- <laughs> they're very very obviously pirates no they arrived, they- we're not mutineers no we're not mutineers no nah, i've never killed a man in cold blood and i'll do it again no. <laughs> <laughs> but even though this was the riskier option it's mm. estimated that half of all mutineers chose to start again while the other half kept the ship and turned to piracy <laughs> Yeah. We're talking all the music that you can listen yeah. to for free on demand. Yeah. I saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special early. <laughs> nice. Now, as far as who those pirates were, most were men in their 20s, rough and tumble vagabonds with missing fingers from various rope-related sailing incidents mm. and even fewer teeth from poor nutrition. But regardless, the majority were still, in fact, fit and experienced seamen. And perhaps surprisingly, these pirates weren't all European. On Blackbeard's ship particularly, half of the crew were African, former enslaved people who had been rescued on the transatlantic slave passage from Africa to the Americas. Rescued, with the quotation marks. With the quotation marks, yes. This crew included Blackbeard's fearless lieutenant, a former high-ranking African chieftain named Black Caesar, who we'll learn more about next episode. Nice. But lest we think that these pirates were saving Africans from a life of enslavement out of principle, it was really all about practicality. We ain't got no class. We ain't got no principle. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great Alice Cooper reference. Yes. Very much in the future from now. Yes. No, you'll get it 500 years from now. Woman's name. Woman's body. Man's face. Yeah, that's actually very true. (laughs) First of all, captured slave ships made great pirate ships because they were fast and had plenty of room for crew and plunder. Second, put coldly, if pirates could sell enslaved people at slave auctions, they did. But when it came to most pirates, they didn't have quite the necessary air to show up at slave-selling hubs like Charleston, South Carolina, and convince local authorities that they were indeed, quote-unquote, legitimate slavers. Some, however, did. That being said, most pirates recognized that many of the enslaved men on these ships were prisoners of war who had been sold to slavers by enemy tribes. Therefore, they were fierce fucking warriors. Oh, yeah. Mm. So many an African joined pirate crews to plunder other slave ships for the trade goods that came as a result of slaving. And by most estimates... 30% of active pirates were black by the early 18th century. Interesting. Interesting. But I also believe we were talking about this a little bit when we did our call, like the idea that this group of people do, they come from a need to be free. 
Like yeah. the pirates want to be free. Like the idea is to not belong to any kingdom, to only be amongst yourself, like be able to like be your own man, be your own ruler, do like, that type of like thing. Like a 1963 truck driver. Uh, yep. <laughs> and, but you know, sometimes the, the problem is, as we see, is that they do end up turning into criminal organizations, which means that yeah. nobody, and in the end, the only people that are getting served are the people at the top. It happens time and time again. Captain rips up, rip off the entire crew. It's, it's just, it's a part of being a pirate. But it's also a way there you see these stories within all of these tales of piracy of people that get their nut and get out. They get to fuck off and say, fuck all of you. They get to go retire. They huh? get to retire. Okay. They get to go be free men someplace on an island where you're the only person there. And like, you know, and you bring whatever. You're a little lonely, though. Not by well, then. I mean, by then you've think... been on a boat for a hundred. You've been on a boat for years with hundreds of dudes and and sometimes oh, women. And also, yeah, I you want to be alone for a second. Yeah. All right, I got yeah. you. I mean, for me, like a lot of pirates seem like the the sort of freedom that they're looking for is kind of the same sort of freedom that you saw in like Gold Rush American frontiersmen, where yeah. like they're going out and they're they're living these solitary lives and they're just saying, I'm I'm out here in the mountains to make enough money for whiskey and whores, and then I go out tomorrow. <laughs> and I do it again. It's and simple. That's, and that's, that's kind a simple, of a, attainable goal. This yeah, is, and that's the I, thing about pirates is like going out, getting enough plunder, taking it back to some to fucking a port in Jamaica, go to the tavern, go to the brothel, and then go out and hammered. do it again. And oh. that's your fucking life. And that's the life of a pirate. It's the life of a comedian. It's the life, it's the of, life, comedian. It's the life of a lot of people. I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. But I. But then there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of miserable stuff that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. So, and, all the torture, like and the torture and the mass rape and the murder. Ah, yeah, yes, there's yeah. a lot in there, yeah. But then the, yeah. going, but the, but the, that, the going to the bar and getting drunk after a hard months. That's of, the fun part. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, the, that's the fun part, yes. <laughs> yeah, same thing with the gold rush. Getting the gold's fun. Getting there sucks. What's all the, the panning sounds yeah, We should do a whole gold rush series. Marcus, yeah. get on it. Marcus, why don't you just get on the gold dress series? Really no more. We already we already avoided the shovel like, series. Yeah, so man. I, Sorry, like we can start get we can really get into like the nitty gritty as far as like what sort of fucking gold panning Help. accoutrement. Help. Yeah, we love it. Which is actually it goes by faster than you'll think as a kid because you think you're never going to go back to school, but you do relatively quickly, especially with with the uh, one a days if you're in football. But anyway, uh, what kind of shovels did a pirate use, Marcus? Pirates didn't use shovels. It was water. No. They didn't. They didn't really work on. I mean, they might have more of a bucket dug in the I'm sand. Really, I'm really very tired. I'm very tired. Of, <laughs> I'm tired of this. You know, the, uh, they found the shovels that were there already. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. yeah. But concerning those African pirates, Africans never appeared on official records as pirates when pirate crews were captured, nor were they mentioned in contemporary accounts of piracy. Rather, they were always listed as runaway slaves, and it's said that those who watched their shipmates swing from the gallows from the auction block envied the dead. Arr, I'm a classic American character called Captain Whitewash. <laughs> oh, Captain Whitewash. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. See, you just whitewash it. Whoa, it's yeah, it's amazing, right? Yeah. Now, as far as how authority worked on a pirate ship, it was, as Henry said, surprisingly democratic. And race didn't matter on most ships when it came time to make decisions. In fact, nothing mattered when it came time to make decisions on a pirate ship. All that mattered was that you were a crew member. 
Every man had a say in every decision outside of active battle, and meetings were held as to the division of food and drink, the election of officers, and what to do with prisoners. Yes, and they and the the captain would lead these votes because he wanted everybody to do it. And then they're also they could also decide like a group of us want to go and raid this coastal town. We're gonna go do that. Mm. You guys can all hang out on the ship. It's like doing a group vacation with a bunch of friends. Yeah. We're gonna be like, well, we're gonna go play tennis. Deborah needs an arepa. Yeah, <laughs> well, gotta go find one. We're gonna have some FOMO though. I think you're gonna want to go have some fun with the raid mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Well, in a sense. This democracy on the high seas was a utopia for a common sailor who truly preferred this life. They were unencumbered by the whims and moods of a ship's captain or a ship owner who constantly looked at their men as disposable or replaceable. The only time that pirates followed the orders of the pirate captain unquestioningly was during battle, because the pirate captain had been elected specifically for that purpose, just like you'd elect the guy who made the best stew as the ship's cook. I put less shit in this one. Less shit? <laughs> Whoa! There were no special privileges for the captain either. He shared the same food and lodgings as everyone else. But there was no denying that being the captain of a pirate ship fed the ego. Which, when it came to pirates like Blackbeard, was kind of the whole point. Oh yeah, it's about being captain. You I also were the person in charge of divvying up the loot. Mm -hmm. So you did have the access to all of the loot first. Oh, they play a little one for me, one for oh, you. Oh, yeah, one, one for two me. for me, one for you. Pretty much all a captain had to do to keep his post was to bring his crew success and plunder without too many casualties on their own side. And just so long as that was the case, as it was with Blackbeard for many years, their position was guaranteed. Hmm. Now, under the captain was the quartermaster, who kept the peace on board and settled drunken disputes, in addition to selecting men to lead the attacks planned by the captain. And the quartermaster also led those boarding parties when the attacks came. This highly dangerous job of leading the charge was actually turned into a privilege, because the first pirate who boarded a captured vessel had first pick of whatever loot was on board. You gotta make it enjoyable. You got to mm -hmm. give them a I perk. Guess you got to make them want to have the job. It's very difficult to not. Mm -hmm. This is honestly, the Amazon should learn something. Yes, indeed. <laughs> of course, unfortunate that they union busted because it sounds like uh, this pirate ship had more of a democracy than our current economic situation. Mm -hmm. Who's the pirates these days? Indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. And <laughs> <laughs> commentary. Yeah, commentary. Yeah, yeah, love commentary. And like the captain, quartermaster was another elected position and even came with the possibility of promotion. If a pirate ship captured another vessel worthy of keeping and if they had enough men to crew it, then the quartermaster could be given a ship of his own. Yeah, well, suddenly you, you have a pirate fleet. You got a pirate fleet, dude. You got two people. They're franchising. Two groups that can go and attack people. It's much easier to fly a boat if you got two boats. Sure. Right? You can show up and pull up to either side and be like, we've got your dinner rates. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> and continuing in the theme of democracy, an 11-point pirate bill of rights actually existed that was pretty much agreed upon across piratedom. This Bill of Rights set out the rules of conduct and the punishments that came as a result of breaking those rules while the men were at sea. And amendment number seven. Terry, once again, if you smelt it, you dealt it. I <laughs> you know it's a blame for the clouds of other men. 
<laughs> First, every man had a vote in what they called affairs of the moment. Yes. And all men had equal title to fresh provisions and strong liquors to use at leisure, unless those provisions and liquors became scarce. Which is why we are drawing a line on the rum to see where it is at the end of every night. And if I see it less than this line, oh, some of you boys are getting spanked oh. by your sea father. Oh my goodness. Well, you could always do what I used to do. Fake it, you know, put a little bit water. of water in there. If it's and it's thing about you're on a ship. Nothing yeah. but water. Exactly. <laughs> well, as far as loot went, it was to be divided equally amongst the men. But if anyone dared defraud or cheat the gang, they were to be marooned as punishment, which was slightly better than simply being thrown overboard due to the slight chance of rescue. I don't know. I've heard, mm. I was reading a little bit, and they said the idea of being marooned is one of the worst things that can fucking happen to you, because a lot of those places, there is nobody around for hundreds of miles, and right. you just starve to death on an island. Mm. Yeah, well, it's actually, you die of thirst first. Uh, you die of thirst long before you starve to death. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. But, yeah. <laughs> well, the chance of rescue was... But that's the thing. There was a slight chance of rescue. Sure. Most of the time, maroon pirates were left on actual desert islands. It's nothing more. It's just sand. Uh, it's just sandbars at low tide. Hmm. And they were left with food, a small amount of water, and a pistol if he <gasps> chose to take his own life rather than yeah. die of thirst. Here you go. Here's a bit of a dessert. That's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, cool. Have fun with that one. That's a gun there. <laughs> Cool. Now, while one might think that a pirate ship was almost constant chaos, the Pirate Bill of Rights did its best to discourage on-ship conflict. No games of dice or cards were allowed. All pistols and swords had to be clean and fit for service at all times, and it was lights out at 8 o'clock. Everybody, because we are doing what? bedtime stories at 7.45. <laughs> and that is it. You know, I only tell one story, eh? So don't you be asking for more. Oh, tell me more about Captain Diabetes. <laughs> no, right. Captain Diabetes comes in the night and he seals your feet. Yeah. All because of you're addicted to that sweet number one trade source of the time period. <laughs> oh, I love this story. <laughs> but if a man, quote unquote, still remained inclined for drinking, and that, by the way, is directly from the Pirate Bill of Rights, if you're still inclined for drinking, you could do so on the open deck in the dark. Oh, so you don't have luck, to go to bed. Good luck finding your mouth. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I can't find. As far as women went, if a man snuck a woman aboard and carried her out to sea secretly, both of them would be executed on the spot if the woman was discovered. I just have to say, this is much less romantic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I never sold you. I said that being a pirate was romantic. Oh. I never said fucking a pirate would be romantic. Okay, so we're both going to die now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to nut. Well, the, handsome. Uh, think about that, ladies. Imagine that. You go to meet your new beau, right? And he takes you on yeah. his houseboat, and he's like, Oh, we've got to be quiet. It's afters. And then all of a sudden they go out there because they did have to paddle a little what they called the, I think it was called the war boat or man at war boat, which is the little canoe they would huh. send out to go look to see, like check the coast like if they were going to do a raid or whatever they would send out these little canoes and so you'd have to go out there on this canoe while he's like yar be quiet no <laughs> like how how kind of romantic shut up yar 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 it's a little Shakespeare in love-ish right you dress <sighs> oh, up the, dress the gal up a little bit more like a fella get her on board there 
That's the, that's the thing. People no, people did try to do that. Oh, they wow. would try to dress up the ladies uh, as men, uh, and then uh, they would be discovered and murdered uh, pretty often. Because also, uh, uh, they viewed uh, gay sex on a pirate ship was frowned upon. Uh, and there is a little bit of an example. Should I run, roll into my little bit of an sure, example roll, of yeah, sea, sure. sea yeah, democracy, yeah. especially yeah. sea rover democracy? I know you've been focused on this for quite a while, doing a lot of extensive research. Lot. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't even believe. You wouldn't believe. But there was a story of the pirate by the name of Sharp, who uh, his whole crew mutinied because he mm. had promised at the very beginning, was like, hey, listen, like we're all going to get a thousand pieces of gold apiece. That's a lot of gold. It is. And when in, when we're done. We're out. One big score. <laughs> one final score. Yeah. And so I'm getting they, too old for this shit. <laughs> they, they did it, right? They got this yeah. thing. And then in their celebrations, the captain held a dice game, which is, again, it breaks the cold of rules. Oh. Right? Oh. It against the Pirate Bill of Rights. It's not a good but idea. They're too busy drinking, getting into it, right? They're like, oh, we're going to do this. And it turns out the captain was a bit lucky because he won... Huh. The majority of the people's shares, right? And he won all this money. And in the middle of the night, they're like, I think we need to take our money back. And <laughs> yeah. That's why this is in the Bill of Rights. This, is, this is to protect the captain as much as anyone else. So they voted to say like, hey, all right, we're done. We're mutinying against you. You're not the captain anymore. Okay. You're putting the stocks, right? But then begins politicking all night to try to figure out, well, who's going to take his place? The guy who stood up next was a person by the name of William Cook, who was servant to Captain Edmund Cook, right? Which mm. was a very for big former commander. He was the first one to say, like, all right, I'm going to be captain now. You guys are all ready to be a part. Like, all right, this is it. We're going to get you on my side. You want to be like, captain? I want to be captain. Did you see what we just did to the other captain? I know, but I feel like <laughs> okay. this time you might like me a little better. All right, all right. <laughs> Free ice cream. <laughs> he said he was going to do this, but then a paper with a bunch of names written on it was submitted around to the rest of the crew that basically said uh, it, that this William Cook was, he was made, accusations were made against him for being buggered by his former captain, right? That okay. he was the captain's dick boy oh, for a period so of time. They, so they did like a gay whisper campaign they against did. them, like they fucking Carl Rove did to Ann Richards. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, that's they they, it's the fucking Ann Richards. It's a Carl Rove. It's a whole fucking bullshit. Oh yes, it and they, right. they came out of. But then William Cook, when was faced with these charges, he's like, "Yes, I did fuck Captain Cook." Oh. He, was, he actually <laughs> took it all. He was like, "I said, oh, I know all of you suck dick." Essentially, is what he said. I know sure. one of you sucked a dick on this deflection. boat. Yeah. And so they, but then guess what? They put him in fucking stocks for being a sodomite. So all of a sudden, now he's fucking arrested. Oh, they all no. can suck dick at sea, but you can't ever admit it. Were there yep. stocks on the ship? Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, for prisoners, because okay. they took prisoners all the time. So yep. eventually they got a new guy. Uh, they, they, they voted up a new person uh, in the very end throughout all of that. But it just shows that, like, they went through all of these processes. And the last dude was like, okay, all right, I'm going to be, now you go, you're going to vote for me. We're going to get it. So now what we have to do is sensibly move forward. Yep. And, but, you know, and that was it's Captain, difficult for pirates. That was Captain yep. Tom Cruise. And, of course, he was later expelled for being a fish fucker. And this is <laughs> that unfortunate. It is. Yes. Rise from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs>
concerning disagreements, no man was allowed to strike another according to the Pirate Bill of Rights. And if there was ever a, quote-unquote, man's quarrel to be had, the pirate ship had to be docked and they had to find a piece of land for a duel with pistol and sword. You're wearing my hat, Greg. (laughs) No, this is my hat. That's my hat. <laughs> let's go to shore. We have a duel. Yeah, right. Let's do a bit of a duel. Okay, oh, let me nice. stretch. <laughs> no, I should have stretched once in my entire life before yeah. this. No. Yeah. Well, first, the men caught in the quarrel would engage in a pistol duel at 10 paces. But if both men missed the shot, they'd both be given cutlasses. And the man who drew first blood would be declared the victor and the winner of the argument. My question is, let me ask you this, Marcus. Do you know when they shoot, how accurate are pistols? How often do you think that they miss each other? I'm not saying if you know. I don't know. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com I mean, if you know anything about how These are like accurate. old, they're old, yeah. like single shot flintlock pistols with, you know, like the, yeah. those fucking <sighs> musket balls. Um, I would imagine not super accurate, but if they do hit you, uh, you don't die most of the, from what I remember. Infection. You die from the infection because yeah. it shatters, like it just fucking shatters bone. But even if you go mm-hmm. like, yar, and then one like hits the other guy's hand, he's like, oh, whoa. They're like, he did it. All I right. Think, I guess I, it's Greg's hat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so just, just about a little shooting. bit of blood. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, perhaps the most interesting rule, and honestly, maybe the smartest one, was that no pirate was allowed to talk shit about pirate life until his share reached 1,000 pounds, which was quite the tidy sum of money in those days. Oh, yes. Pirates even had a kind of workman's comp, stating that if a man lost a limb during service or became crippled, as they put it, he was given $800 out of the public stock and proportional payment for, quote, lesser hurts they had accounting okay. on pirate ships they mm-hmm. literally would go through because they'd have to be like well this is the company money right and this is our payout this is what everybody gets paid out but this is what we need for musket bullets mm-hmm. cannon fire food but mostly again what you'll find out is most what uh, the original pirates and the boucaniers and the filibustiers they stole goods quite mm. often like you know sugar food all that kind of stuff just to keep going and then they would sell it Finally, and this is in the Bill of Rights, it was decreed that if a pirate ship had a musician on board, the musician was allowed to rest his instrument on Sunday, but requests were fair game for any other day of the week. Nice. What a fun thing. To, that's a fun time for a musician. It's like being uh, it's like being the Impractical Jokers on one of their cruises. Or being forced to <laughs> or do a bit. Or do a bit. Touch my doing, hair. Are you doing a bit? Um, I do think that at any point, like there, there must have been a scenario where a pirate's like, "Hey, play the, play the, the, the girl who left Shaughnessy," and you know, it's probably guys like, "I don't know." The you girl. better, you better know it. I don't know. It's like, well, why don't we make it sound like it, or somebody's gonna get the sword? Like, Absolutely, <laughs> get threatened. You better have a large catalog of songs. Bards were technically back in the day; they were viewed as a separate class, so they were not allowed to be killed. Like, it well, was- what's interesting about uh, pirate ships at this time is that you know earlier talked about like thirty percent of pirates were black. The old timey sea shanties that we know, like "Blow the man down," man down you yeah. know, like oh, "What do you do with a drunken sailor?" Yeah, that when actually- everybody got obsessed with during quarantine. 
Yeah, those those were co-written by uh, the sailors, the European sailors and the black sailors who introduced the idea of using rhythm, like singing rhythm songs while they did work uh, to while away the menial hours. Well, when we yeah. come together, can't we create great things? Yeah. Edutainment, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, before the age of Blackbeard, piracy was heavily wrapped in the historical events of the time, and pirates preyed on the various economic powerhouses that were dependent on sea trade, namely slavery. Interestingly, piracy was actually a huge deterrent to the rise of slavery in the New World because there were so many pirates targeting slave ships, and the decline of piracy after the Golden Age directly correlates with the rise of slavery in the Americas. See, as you may remember from history class, depending on what part of America you learned your history, the transatlantic slave trade operated on a triangular route. Goods would be traded to African tribes for other enslaved tribesmen captured in wars or raids, enslaved people would then be sold in the Americas for currency, and currency would be used to buy more goods to trade for more people. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. This meant that there were tens of thousands of ships constantly crisscrossing the Atlantic loaded with weapons, gold, food, and other goods. And, of course, also containing possible new shipmates in the aforementioned rescued slaves. I kind of feel like it must be, obviously, I mean, I don't care about these people, but it is that idea of, like, it must be very eerie to be on open water and then all of a sudden you see this other thing like this other ship like rolling up on you like you sit there and you kind of because a lot of these guys were they were heavily armed yeah by the time like there was one documentary that i saw i'm not talking about like porn i'm talking about an actual documentary oh wow um that i saw that basically said it's they would time it too because they know they've on certain legs of the triangle they're coming back sick yeah. Like they're coming back low supplies, mm. low like because a common factor in all of these various trade routes was that you have to build in knowing you have to stack it with people knowing that by the time you got to various destinations, 50 percent of your crew would have dysentery, 50 percent like they would be sick, fucked up, low supplies and that you're very vulnerable. In those mm-hmm. moments. Well, I yeah. mean, you got to take that Duke. You got to use it as a weapon. We learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't when these pirates would rave slave ships. It wasn't just the enslaved people that were jumping ship. It was also the dudes who just worked uh, yeah. on the slave ships because it was known as what working a slave ship was known as the worst possible job you could have uh, on sea. Uh, so I, they were very ready. Here, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they like were the worst really ready. Ch- so maybe the worst possible job that's ever existed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, around this time, the English also developed the harshest of the navigation acts, which strictly regulated trade. Pirates, on the other hand, operated outside of these regulations and sold goods at below market value, which factored heavily in the piracy boom of the late 1600s. Yeah, man. Bootlegging Prada bags has been around for <laughs> fucking ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, piracy did fall a bit during the aforementioned War of Spanish Succession because pirates could become legal privateers, and they had no problem whatsoever selling the goods they plundered. But when the war was over, merchant sailor pay was slashed by half, which led to thousands of impoverished sailors turning to piracy. I love that they didn't even think that that would be a thing. Then they yeah. didn't even think they'd like, oh, you know, they'll be so excited to come back, make less money, not have a job. And then and now what they're doing is illegal. They're going to love it. 
Yeah. Now, since the pirates were preying on the transatlantic slavers, it only made sense that the base of operations for many pirates was where the slavers picked up the goods that were traded to the African tribes. That was, of course, the Caribbean. That's for Caribbean is supposed to be for when it's partying. So this oh, is okay. the Caribbean. It, you know this, what? No, man. I'm going with Caribbean because we're about to get into whoa. some partying. Because okay, you know what? You know a fucking partying place? The Republic of Pirates, which yeah. actually oh. existed. That's a party place okay. because piracy sure. become such a business in and of itself that by the early 18th century they re established an actual Republic of Pirates in Jamaica. Man, isn't right. that kind of? It's kind of crazy because we talked about when we did, uh, we just did Ma Barker, like the idea of like a whole town. Just becoming criminal, like it's such yeah. a part of American history. Las Vegas. <laughs> to be this like straight up like a criminal town. Apparently, yeah. we're supposed to go to a place here in California called Pioneer Town. Oh yeah, it's it is cool. Yeah, it's that's what they cool. say. Included amongst the group of pirates who founded this republic was Charles Vane, one of the most unnecessarily cruel pirates of the day. And it was a particularly brutal campaign of piracy on Vane's part that was partly responsible for the founding of the Republic of Pirates. On April 4th... I'm trying to think of the name of the woman who sang Yo So Vane, but I can't. Carly Simon. Uh, Carly Simon. You, you know, the one that got into my head was, you know, call me Mr. Bed, call me Mr. That was not about Dennis Rader, was it? Insane. No, I think that no. one's about a guy at a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. On April 4th, 1718, Captain Vane raised the black flag of piracy to the masthead of his ship, the Lark, Whoa. and embarked on a four-week rampage around the Bahamas. Yarr. You know what they would do? Because, again, Brutal. system of flex. They would arrive, because if you wanted to show it, like, sometimes you'd put up, depending on what you're looking at, right, you'd uh -huh. put up whatever country's flag. They would make their own versions of many countries' flags so mm -hmm. that you think it belonged to you. You think it's a, it's a friendly ship. Yeah, but, we're going to want to attack that ship on a Monday. It's got a flag of Garfield. It's got a flag. <laughs> you get it? That's when it's and, weakest. Yes, yeah, that's when it's the weakest. But the thing was that it comes, it is kind of crazy though, because it is just so British still, because they still have to tell you they're attacking right. you. They have to be like, all right, put up the pirate flag. Now we're okay. pirates. In about 20 to 27 minutes, we will be aggressively fighting you. We want to let no, you do. know that. They, and they would fly a red flag that says they're prepared to fight. Yeah. They would do that type of thing. And they, so, you'd have to you watch. It's gamemanship. So when the red, they're prepping up. But if you see the black flag, it's on. You're like, oh, they're coming. I, I got it. Okay. Captain Vane captured a dozen ships that month, and while most pirates spared the crews they captured because there usually wasn't an angle in torturing or killing them, Vane reveled in the opportunity. After seizing a ship called the William and Mary, Vane beat the whole crew for information on treasure, then seized one of the sailors and lashed him to the long slat of wood that jutted from the front of the ship, called the bowsprit. And the whole time when he was going, Wee! This is awesome! It's not the reaction. This isn't working. I'm sailing! I'm sailing! He liked it too much. When that didn't work, Vane's crew put a loaded musket in the sailor's mouth and burned matches inside his eyelids. Oh, and when he still didn't or couldn't confess to where the treasure was hidden, they shot him. We'll just kidding. We'll just shoot him in the head. Okay, uh, there just... was another torture I read about where they, they take you and they hang you up by your penis and a hang you up 
until literally your penis, the weight of your body will pull you from away from your penis. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, it's bad. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Moving on from the William and Mary, Vane, Captain Vane's crew captured the diamond. There, they hung one sailor by a noose on the ship's mast, but cut him down just before he died. And when he finally regained consciousness, Vane's crew took their time slashing and stabbing him until he finally bled out on deck. You were all right. Hanging him was boring. This is much more exciting. <laughs> now, this rampage had been quite lucrative for Vane in the treasure realm. But because he and his crew had been so violent, the ruling governor of Jamaica banned them from spending their gold in Kingston or from even taking up port in Jamaica. So Vane and a few other pirates set up a pirate settlement in Nassau in the Bahamas, chiefly because the European powers who might bring down the hammer were far too busy with their own wars to travel all the way there for a fight. Mm -hmm. okay. This loose confederacy of pirates was run by a man named Benjamin Hornigold, sometimes referred to in history as Benjamin Hornigood. That's fun. <laughs> Old <laughs> names <laughs> are fun. Yeah, yeah, many names. He, he's funny. He's just horny. He's, a, he's a horny. <laughs> hey. I, I, I hate that voice. My name is Benjamin Horny. That's, that, just hey, listen to that, ladies. That's the voice that Kissel's going to break out when you know he's about to bring the chomp down. Going, 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 going. You watch out, girls. Yeah. Splash zone. <laughs> Hornigold was a mentor to Edward Teach, mm. a.k.a. Blackbeard. Whoa! And it's at this time that Blackbeard first appears in history. And that's where we'll pick back up for part two of Blackbeard the Yay! Pirate. All right. Yeah. So now we're really, <sighs> next episode, we're going to get into it. Well, this whole thing we're is setting the scene. Crazy. I really felt, we talked about this before. I felt like there was a lot of things that we all had to know about piracy first. You know, I've had a very nautical week when we had to, we, we had a chance to go to Hall of Flowers and where did I stay? Margaritaville, which makes you feel like you're on a beach. You're just being, you're just being hammered. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you mean. Oh, yeah. you, you created an ocean. You created concrete became ocean to you. Exactly. Uh, but this, I, we wanted to get into the world of piracy, and now we're getting into the actual bio of Blackbeard and talking a little bit more of what we know and what we don't know. How do we know about his bullshit? Don't know. Uh, and why he was the style icon of the time that made us know every single thing that we know about pirates. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you are in the aforementioned Amazon warehouse and you're listening on your earbuds, mutinize now. You're Mutinize. We're getting rid of the term unionize. It's too weak. Mutinize. You gotta mutinize. Hell yeah. Mutinize, you fuckers. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Hope everyone's doing well out there. We can't wait to see you on the road. We will be all over your town. We'll see you next week. We got St. Louis. We got Indianapolis. Indianapolis. We got Fantastic. Grand Rapids. We got Toronto. And then finally the Beacon. We're coming home to New Woo! York City. Can't wait to do it. Marcus, welcome back. Thank welcome you very much. Back, I appreciate it. Back, next next week I shall back. have next week I shall have more breath. Uh, well, and more energy. It's still slowly returning, very well, slowly well, returning. Yeah, you you allowed yourself, you became too comfortable as a robot. <laughs> and and he now has to fight back to be human, which I understand it takes yeah. a minute because yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, difficult it. because of all the nanomachines that are now filling your blood. Yeah, yeah there we go. Well, we just got this episode flagged again for misinformation, <laughs> but that's fantastic. Um, yes, Marcus, you can't see him at home, but he has uh, he's full of steroids, stronger than ever, looking mm -hmm. really good. Simba, huge, 
Huge tits. Beautiful tits, right? <laughs> it's actually been so distracting. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Wowie, wowie, wow. Uh, and thanks for sending your love and support to yes, our boy. Thank you very much. Very Hopefully much appreciate these, uh, it. Thank you, everyone, for being so very, very sweet. But you know, honestly, we're like on the precipice of what what's being cool. Look at Wayne Cohn, one of the coolest bands of all time with yep. Flaming Lips. He got COVID. What's cooler than that? <laughs> honestly, I think but Wayne Cohn's probably had COVID about three or four times. Well, I mean, if he gets it, we're all going to get it because he lives half of his life in a bubble. He does. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for everything. We can't wait to see you on the road. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Magustalations. And when you're on the high seas, make sure you check your blowhole. <laughs> that's, that's, thank you, Captain Diabetes. Yeah. Uh, they're taking up to the knee next week. <laughs> Fantastic. One finger or two in the blowhole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can jam three or four in there if she's ready to go. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.